sorry about that, everybody, with the uh, late intro. It turns out, Irving, that uh, if you're going to use StreamYard on your phone, i.e. to anybody that's listening to this or watching this, if you're going to use StreamYard on your phone, uh, you have to download the app. Otherwise, Irving can't record it. So sorry about that, everybody. StreamYard gave me the boot, had to download the app, but here we are now. All right. I don't even know how to make this thing full size. <laughs> That's Anyways. okay, dude. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hopping on. Hey, so Marshall, Marshall good, man. Hey, welcome to the show. Appreciate you taking the time. I know we're two hours two hours apart. Time no, well, an hour apart. Down. An hour apart. Uh, yeah, we're close. We're, clo we're okay. closer than you think, homie. Yeah. All right. But we made it happen finally. Yeah. Long time coming here. But yeah. hey, man, first of all, tell the audience who you are, bro. How'd you, how did you, uh, you know, get to where you're at now? Bro, first off, thanks for having me, man. I know the mission that you're on, and, and you know how I feel about blue collar life because that's where I came from in Illinois. That's how I grew up. And so I think it's really cool what you're doing. So I appreciate you having me on as a guest. I, to all the listeners, what, before I share, you know, what it is, what I do, and who I am, and what we're doing here. I just want to say to all the listeners before, you know, we hopped on here, um, I, we were having trouble making this podcast happen because I have optimized my lifestyle. This is, I mean, to Irving and to everybody that's listening, like I've optimized my lifestyle that at a certain point of the day, like all of my family duties, all of my father duties being present, all the things like they come full on and my phone kind of goes like aside. It's like almost like a non-negotiable. And then on Urban and everybody, like I fill that 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 calendar up with things that are going on in my life, and so we can get into like the structure of how I've optimized my life to be able to live the lifestyle that I want, which is really important. It's going to be the context of what we talked about here today. It's the optimizing for lifestyle. But with that being said, um, it's been hard to get me on. on the, but Urban is available at nighttime, and Marshall's like, bro, I'm not. I don't have any time right then. My kids <laughs> my practice. We're doing this. We're doing that, and so. Honestly, bro, seriously, to finally get here, it's freaking awesome. Thank you so much. To all of the people that are listening, who is Marshall Gillen? Really long story short, man, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, on a farm. Uh, my father well, left me when I was very young, like me and my mom, uh, alcoholic. Uh, my stepdad was an asshole, treated me like shit uh, every single day of my life and, and kind of grew to resent me. And so growing up in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, um, I was really good at a lot of things and I excelled at sports. I excelled in the school. I excelled in the community, but Irving, the thing, I know you know this, but the thing that I could never seem to solve was I could never seem to get my dad's, my stepfather or my real father to give a shit about me or what I was doing. So it's like, as a boy, I was going out and trying to accomplish everything. I'm team captain, I'm homecoming king, class president, all, all through high school standout student, I like everything. I do all the things. I'm checking all the freaking boxes, bro. And no matter what, it's like my dad never shows up to anything, never calls me on my birthday or Christmas. Like none of these things that all my friends and dads are, are doing. And then meanwhile, all the time I have success, you know, as a, as a teenager, I go home and like my dad, my stepdad, my dad's like mad at me for it. And like, so I just found this my, myself and I'm trying to relate to the listeners and the fact of like, have you ever felt like you're just trying to constantly live up to somebody's expectations and you don't really understand why? And no matter, like literally no matter what you do, it's never enough. And so that's what it was like for me growing up. And so like most kids without a father figure, son, you name without a father figure, like a real strong masculine father figure that was sh showing me a way 
of what's possible. I didn't have that. There was no representation of that in the 80s and 90s when I was growing up in the, in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. And so I turned to drinking and then drinking turned to drugs. And then that was like early, bro, like in high school. Like I remember I literally, I, the day I got my license, I was 16 and I was driving around. I'll tell my friends, like drinking a beer while I was driving. Like I pull up their house. They, they, they come out and they see like a bush light sitting in the center house. I'm like, are you drinking? And I'm like, yeah, you know, and like that became my identity because I couldn't get attention that I wanted. I didn't understand this album until much later in life. I couldn't get the attention I wanted, so I developed a habit of getting attention for being really good at this one thing, which was like drinking and, oh, Marshall will do whatever. Like, he's down for whatever. But, bro, especially if anybody's listening to this, like, I was working temp jobs. I was a millwright. Um, I worked in a plastic bucket factory. I've done all the manual labor, blue-collar jobs you could possibly think of for no money. And, like, all there was to do was just to, to drink on the weekends, drink at night. Like, shit, I mean, like, you get off work, like, what am I, what are you, what am I supposed to do? I'm going to go right back and do this today. I'm going to make just about, just enough money to get by. And, like, the old lady is going to bitch at me no matter what. Like, I didn't, like, what do you want me to do? And so I started to fall into this way of being in my life where days were just running together and there was no direction or purpose or, or nothing, like, literally nothing, bro. And so what, by the time I, I, I got, I got a full academic grind to go to college. I lasted the semester, dropped out, and moved to California. Fast forward a couple of years later, I'm so deep into addiction and, and alcohol abuse and partying and all this stuff then that finally, like I, I, it sounds so silly to say now, and I don't mean this to be dismissive of anybody, the listeners or viewers are going through this. But at the time, you know, I'm 23 years old in San Diego. I'm 2,100 miles away from home. I'm living with a roommate who I barely know. We just do cocaine together. Like we ended up in, San Diego. We have absolutely nothing in our apartment except for a couple of air mattresses in our in our rooms and piles of clothes and a laptop. And I'll never forget the day I opened up this laptop and my girlfriend, who I've been dating for like three years, had just broke up with me and moved to New York. And she took a picture with like this dude, and they were like laying in a bed, and they're all red, and it clearly looked like you know they've been getting down. And I was like, what the you know? And so I call her up, and and that's the plan. I I don't want to tell the story like this because she's like great woman i'm sure now and if she ever heard this i wouldn't want her to think that whatever whatever but that was the kid that was the throw that broke the camel's back and so at 23 years old i went to my dealer's house that that afternoon uh bought an eight ball grabbed a fifth of vodka from the uh, store on the way home and then went home and took that with 53 half bars of xanax with the intent of like i don't want to wake up but here's the kicker to all the people that are listening okay as, as soon as i did that i'm talking like as soon as i got everything down and I, I, I didn't throw up. I'm looking in the mirror, and it was like instant regret. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what am I doing? Like, what in the fuck am I doing? And so I'm trying to puke up in the toilet, but I couldn't get anything to come up. And so now panic is setting in, right? And so I'm, I don't know what to do. So I call my mom, and you know, I'm telling my mom what I did, and I'm fading away on the phone, and then, you know, eventually I pass out. Which now as a parent, uh, at this time in my life, if Joshua, one of my boys, called me up like that. It would kill me, bro. Like I only I can't even imagine. And so um, I thought that was it. God wasn't done with me. Uh, my mom got a hold of my roommate. He wasn't home. Comes home, gets to the hospital, whatever, whatever. I wake up the next day. First thought I have now. Some listeners may and viewers may be able to relate to this. The first thought I have, and and, and I'm inviting you to find a place in your life where maybe you've experienced this. I, I want to know if I'm the only one or not. But it's like I felt so unworthy. Irving at the time that when I woke up that morning, the first thing I thought was I was alone in a, I was alone in a hospital in La Jolla, California. 
two, three o'clock in the morning. It's all dark. Curtains are closed. Like it's not, there's no, there's nobody around. I wake up, I think, oh my God, thank God I'm alive. Thank God I'm alive. Oh my God, thank God I'm alive. And then immediately followed by, damn, I'm so worthless. I can't even kill myself right. And then that was the state that I assumed. And because I constantly woke up every day with that state of mind, that state, that way of being, all of my actions reflected that. And so I didn't want to kill myself anymore, but I didn't want to live. And so I started getting all these, I got this terrible tattoo on my chest. You've seen it before. It says, live fast, die fun. And I just lived recklessly. Because I, 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 I was so ashamed and so embarrassed and so guilty that I had attempted my life and that it didn't work. That I thought, oh my God, if anybody ever finds out about this, I would, I'll never live it down. I'll be so embarrassed is what I'm thinking. And how like juvenile, it look back on that and think like, wow, really? But I get it. I get it. I get why that version of Marshall felt like that. So now I start living this really reckless lifestyle. Well, along the way, I meet a good friend named Dustin. Dustin's a few years younger than me, but um, we would get, you know, we're just partying together from the same hometown. We met out in San Diego with your friends. So that's how we connected. She was like, oh, Dan, you're from Rock Falls. I'm from Sterling, which you know, they're like one in the same town. I'm like, that's wild. And so we just hit it off. And so we started kicking it. And Dustin is this younger kid, and he would tell me these stories about how he was feeling, the things he was struggling with. And as a man growing up in the 90s, bro, like, men don't talk to each other like that. We're, we're not like, yo, bro, Irving, you know? Like, I know nowadays it's acceptable. Back then it wasn't like, what the hell, bro, you know? It makes me feel weird. And he would just be vulnerable with me. And looking back now, I'm like, oh, that's where I started to first understand how to just put my things on and put it on display. Because God had sent a messenger into my life, which was Dustin. That was like, yo, bro, this is how you do this is how you make a deep, meaningful connection with somebody is when you share your mess with them. And so I didn't realize that back then. And so that's how Dustin and I started kicking it. And the other weird thing I thought, especially, was that he used to tell me he loved me when I'd leave. I'd be leaving, he'd be like, All right, bro, I love you. And I'd be like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, it's, it's weird, homie. You know, I'm thinking it's weird. <laughs> now it's like I tell all my friends I love them, right? But at the time, that's who Dustin was. And so Here's this guy who comes to my life and we quickly, we quickly bond together. I didn't understand the time, but I'm learning and downloading this way of being uh, vulnerable and, and open and, and like sharing love. And as a man, I'm like, that doesn't mean nothing to me, right? And so now you fast forward to like about three years later and Dustin and I have been friends for a minute, but he's lived in Nebraska now. He's like in Omaha. He's like barely, basically married, has two little kids. He's like barely making ends meet. He has some tools and a busted ass trunk of his car. And he's just like kind of picking up jobs here and there, struggling with addiction to like opioids, uh, prescription pills, struggling with addiction to, to drinking, like insomnia, just like literally spiraling out of control, looking like death. And he was just calling me week after week after week and crying. I'm like, I don't know how to help you, bro, because I don't even know how to fucking help myself. Like, I don't, I don't even know what you want. And I'm trying to say that to him. That's what I'm thinking. And I'm trying to help him as a friend. Now, I don't know if any men listening to this and women too, but I don't know if any men listening to this or watching this right now. I don't know if you've ever experienced that where like there's somebody reaching out to you and you want to help them and you're trying, but you just don't know what else to do. You don't know. How, you just don't know. It's not that you don't want. You just don't know. And so that was me. So finally in January of 2014, Dustin calls me up and I'm going through some things that, you know, at the time and I look at the phone. I'm like, oh man, I can't right now. I can't. I don't have time for this. And I send him the voicemail. And I listen to the voicemail and he's all like, crying and he's like marshall it's dustin uh i really need to talk to you man i really need your help right i'll talk to you uh late and i'm thinking oh man i'll call him back tomorrow and then tomorrow turned and now i'll call him back this weekend i'm like man i swear i'm gonna call him back soon 
A month passes, and at 4.32 a.m., uh, his sister calls me, and I answer, and she's crying, and she said, Marshall Dustin's gone. Uh, he took his life last night. And, you know, Irvin, you've heard this story before, um, but that was, I was 27, 29 at the time, and it was like, um, it shattered my world. Because naturally, as any human being would be, narcissistically, because we all are a little bit narcissistic, it's just survival of the fittest human nature. I made it about me. I looked at it and thought, damn, like, that's my fault. What if I had told him about what I had experienced? What if I had told him how I felt that afternoon and what I did? And what if I told him exactly how I felt the second after I, I did it? That it was instant regret. That I wish I could have taken it all back. That in the moment, I was absolutely sure I had... I've been thinking about wanting to take my life since I was 10 years old growing up on that farm. I hated my stepdad so much. And he made, maybe I was just weak. I don't know. But like literally 10 years old, on the corner of my bed in Illinois, wanting to die. Like I'm not even old enough to understand what that means, bro. And so I, like a lot of viewers and listeners, unfortunately, you can probably relate to this because it, we have crazy thoughts, especially as men in today's society. And it's tough, man. And I never thought I would be the person that got to that point where I was thinking about taking my life until the, literally I was in the moment that it was happening. And so what I'm saying is I started to wonder, like, man, if I had shared that with Dustin, would I have changed things? And for many years, I carried that guilt. That aside, which I had to get help with, right? That aside, what it did is, and I didn't understand the timers, and I know you know this, but to the listeners and viewers, what that did at the time, that was the first time God ever spoke to me. And I didn't have a relationship with God I'm not a religious person now. Like, I just have a God of my spirituality. Um, call it God, call it the universe, a higher power, whatever I call it, God. That's the first time that God spoke to me. And what God was trying to get into my head was that I have to share what I've been through, but I didn't understand that at the time. So the first way that God broke through to me, and this is what some of the viewers and listeners, if, you are, if you're listening and watching this right now and you're kind of captivated by this story, I want to share with you here in a second how I was able to turn all of this into a purpose-driven business that literally I can do from anywhere in the world. I can work with my phone. I get paid to help people, and I teach other people how to do that. So I want to share with you. I'm literally five-time college dropout, attempted suicide, like broke bartender. Like I, I'm going to give you the, the nuts and bolts and exactly how you can recreate this if you want. But in the meantime, that was the first time that God had spoken to me. And the way that he reached me, Urban, was I was uh, working at a bar job in a resort in San Diego, really fancy, famous one. And uh, long story longer, um, I weighed down this couple uh, with a big family, big rancher. At the end of the service, I had done such a good job. The guy walks up to me, puts out his big hand. And as he's shaking my hand, he's telling me, I'm a rancher from Oklahoma. You're about the hardest damn worker I've ever seen. He's like, thank you, you know. And he walks away, and I open my hand, and there's a $100 bill in it. Now, for the listeners and viewers at the time, it might have, might have, may as well have been a million-dollar bill because I was so broke. Now, there's some other things going on. It was, it was the day before Thanksgiving. I was all alone again in California for like the umpteenth of the year because I ran away from home, basically, and didn't have any family or friends around. And so this next day, it's Thanksgiving Day. I'm all alone in my crappy-ass house I'm living in. Now, I'm looking at that $100 bill because I know I'm about to go blow it on booze and drugs. And I'm looking at that $100 bill, and I'm thinking, man, I made that in like one second. I'm like, I wonder how I can do that again. And the message that God gave me, because I would not, these words, I don't even know what it came from, Irving, but the message, I have to get more value for my time, popped into my awareness. I was looking at that money, I was like, I got to learn how to get more value for my time. I have to learn how to get more value for my time. I'm thinking, I don't even really know what that means. 
And so I started a journey on the internet, searching up like how to do this, how to do that, how to make money doing this, blah, blah, blah. and I just literally became obsessed with learning how to change my life. I didn't understand at the time that that's what personal development was, but that's what I started doing. And so now here I am working the bartending job. Uh, I take a bus one and a half hours uh, one way each day to go like five miles. It was ridiculous, right? But I didn't have a car because I was so broke. But I was convinced that I somehow had to start sharing my message about my attempted suicide. Now, the universe is always conspiring for us, right? And a lot of times we miss these signs because we ask the universe for these messages or we ask the universe or God to bless us. And I know we don't really think it, but it's almost like we think that God's just going to knock on our door one day and be like, hey, Marshall, here's $100,000 a month client thing, clients you've been asking for, right? Because that's not what it looks like. The, the way to the $100,000 a month clients is that one coffee that you didn't, meeting that you didn't go to. It was that one person in the plane uh, next to you on the plane that you brushed off, right? Like these are the things. But God disguises them in ways to test you to see if you're really going to be the person that you fucking claim that you are. And every time that you don't show up in alignment, you fail the test. Well, at the time, you go back into San Diego. Dustin had just passed away like eight months ago. And I'm doing my thing at the bar one night. It's a Monday night. And it's this awesome bar downtown in the gas lamp district. And they're busy. And people are bebopping. And I'm playing the game, making my money. And this guy behind me who I just served, who was this older guy, quiet for the first 15 minutes he's here, all of a sudden, he blurts out, hey, you should be a motivational speaker. I'm like, what do you do, bro? He's like, oh, I'm a motivational speaker. And I was like, damn, what? And that was the first time that I was like, I wonder if I, if I shared my message, if I could, I can't get paid to speak. Who am I? No. And so I did everything for the next three years but dedicate myself to building a speaking business. So to all the listeners out there, what I do want to tell you right now is that um, that thing that you want to chase, that thing that's in your heart, that thing that you can't stop thinking about and you know you want to do, but you can't find any logical way of how you will make it work, I fucking promise you, if you just start, it will get clearer as you go. But if you wait for exact clarity before you start chasing the thing, it'll never come. The brain's number one job is to analyze what is happening so it can relay the message to keep you alive. So why I say that is because if you allow your brain to, it will analyze and analyze. It's not going to overanalyze. It's just analyze it. And it will never stop analyzing until you turn it off. And so if you're going round and around and around yourself about that thing you want to do or that thing you want to chase, that thing you want to accomplish, but you never actually start, it's never going to happen. And I wish somebody had told me that that night that Jim Lutz had met, that met me and told me. Because the next three years, which God bless, I learned a lot of skills, a lot of digital marketing skills. And so that's what I've done over the last, since 2014. 2014, I launched my first business, which is a personal training business. I sucked at business, sucked at sales, sucked at marketing. Started doing research online to try to figure out how to be better at those things so I can make money and not have to go back to bartending. But I accidentally stumbled across that was that trainers were making money online as online trainers. I was like, holy shit, what's that? Online training. And what I turned out is I found out I can make one kind of fitness, one fitness program, and I could make content on social media that spoke to one type of person. And all of a sudden, this guy who was a regular bartender, regular ass dude, both awesome at working out, had a business. 
So I learned how to turn my me working out into a fitness business. And then I learned which person I could get the results for the best and the fastest, which was the old version of me. I made content on social media every day of, that was talking to that version of me. And then I drove traffic to one landing page. Not here's my website with 15 fucking things that I do. It's like, hey, yo, here's the one thing that you like right now. Go to launchmyspeakingcare.com, which is my lead magnet, which is which is what I used back then. I'll explain this in a second. I had one what one link, and I sent them to one link. If you go to that one link, you can only take one action, which is trade me your email for this free gift. And so I started doing that back in 2014. I had this grocery list cheat sheet. I'm like, listen, working out's easy. All these videos are easy. You guys know the hardest thing is keep your, keep your nutrition dialed in. If you go to right here.com, you can download my grocery list cheat sheet, my how to build your plate guide, and your macro calculator on how to find out exactly how much you should be eating. And people would opt in for that free thing. And then I would email them and they would sign up to my program. And I thought, holy shit, my whole life just changed. You're telling me that I can use this, this is 2014 Instagram is brand new. I don't know anybody that's doing this in my, in my world. I go, holy shit, I'm a bartender from San Diego and I can use the mobile phone and social media to change my life. Does everybody know about this? And then it turned out that no, no nobody really understood or still knows about it. And so I just became obsessed and passionate about it. And I started making these videos just for people. And then Facebook came out with live video and I started making live videos and I wanted to learn more from people who had done more than me, but I couldn't afford to hire them as coaches. So I just created this show called the Marshall Gillen show. And I started interviewing people on the show who are more famous and better than me. And I said, Oh man, Irving, I have this show called the Marshall Gillen show. I go live and I just want to share a board message with the world. Cause I think it's great. I want to promote whatever it is that you got going on. And they go, yes, or not right now. I, but they go, yes, I interviewed them. Their audience finds me. I'm making content. I got silly signs in the back. I'm mastering my craft every day. And I literally just used my story to build a personal brand since 2014 that I can then use to attract my ideal clients to me. And if I can help them, I help them. Or they just watch my content and they get inspiration. And people go, well, Marshall, you, you only have 5,000 followers here and 10,000 followers there. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, bro. And I make a full-time living being able to help people, right? I think a lot of times that the reason that we don't start is because one, we don't believe it's possible for us. Two, then, is we don't know how to do it, so we don't try because how the fuck are we going to start trying if we don't know what to do? And then the last thing being is like, once we get started, it's all these things coming into our brain that tell us we can't. And so I just kept going. Everybody told me I was nuts. My friends were talking, starting group chats, talking shit about me. And um, I just became dedicated to that one message, which is I have to get more value for my time. And then I need to share my message with the world. And Irvin, as you know, and some of our listeners and viewers may know, that turned into your message, your message, which I've turned into a movement and a training and consulting company. And so it's been a blessing. Uh, and a gift, and now I get to talk about you know suicide prevention, addiction awareness, and I get to model those habits and disciplines and help other young men and help other people online, people right here in my community. And uh, as our as our one of our people we follow online, Wes Watson says, I've been able to monetize my passion uh, for helping people. And uh, I think the thing that the viewers might relate to the most is there's there's probably something you guys are all really good at in life, and I'm really good at this thing. 
Um, but for pretty much forever, I've been playing really small. And I've had to go through a lot of really hard lessons and a lot of really tough seasons, especially like the last like, probably 18 months. And I knew that God was preparing me for something big. And so I haven't even started yet. Like right now, I feel like a brand new man on a brand new mission with a brand new company and a brand new focus that I've never had before. And, uh, you know, it's exciting. It's, it's evolution. And so the last thing I'll say is I know what you talked about. I've been freaking talking for like 25 minutes now. Is that, um, you know, if you can get obsessed with that one thing that you want to do and you just keep going and you work harder on becoming the man or the gal that gets to be that person, like we do this extra, I'm not going to go through it actually, but focus on becoming that person that gets to live that type of lifestyle. If you can get up every day and you can aim for that mark as close as you can every day and you don't, and you keep trying every day and so you get closer and closer and closer to that bullseye and then you're constantly hitting that bullseye over and over and over and over again. When you live your life like that and you optimize the lifestyle, that's when the game changes. Because we have tools like social media and mobile phones and digital assets and, and all kinds of shit, Zooms and StreamYard. And like you can make a full-time living without anybody else. I'm a broke-ass, blue-collar, lifetime college dropout who tried to kill himself. Like, and I make money helping people tell their story and grow their business with events. Like, this is silly. And so, um, yeah, that's me. 30 minutes yeah. that's me um i mean there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there but one of the things that you said in the very beginning was that like back in the day even today especially today in the, the trades is the facts that like like no man is vulnerable to their man right it's like no one says like <clears throat> man's born to another man, right? Like nobody says, hey, bro, I'm proud of you. Hey, bro, I appreciate you. Hey, bro, I love you. Like, nobody says these things. Especially, like, you know, it was a thing back in the day, and now it's more of a thing. And the blue hole is, like, still not a thing, right? No, no way. Everybody wants no to way. be, everybody wants to be like, a tough man and, you know, whatever. And I think if we had it, if you definitely had more of that, you know, we would, help each other each other more with shit right but one thing one thing that's like people have it twisted is like the fact that if if somebody's vulnerable with somebody it's like they get clowned on by everybody else you know they get shit on by everybody else and that's that's like one thing that just changes um i think we had like that like you and i we've 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 gone to these like group track in other parts of the country. We've gone to these groups where we try to create a community, especially of just men and build a relationship with other men. Right? If we had that in the blue collar world. Like it would just be a way, way better industry. No, hundred percent, bro. And then somebody, and somebody to bring that to those people, right? To to that demographic that because you don't know what you don't know. And then, uh, and then that's one thing that you're that you're doing now is you're teaching people how to do that, how to create, how to be like that person of influence in their, you know, niche, whatever it is that they're doing in their area. Yeah, 100%. yeah. How, how do you how do you focus on that? You know, like if somebody wants to be like me, right? Like you, you've worked with me a couple of times, or like recently for a couple of months and stuff. Um, yeah, I can hear you. Like. Like if I, like me, I'm an electrician, right? I want to build a community out of Austin, Texas. 
right. there's not that much there's not that much like there's not that many groups or community around that in Austin, Texas. Exactly. Like, wh- so what do you advise somebody like me to well, you know, like become that person? 100%. So let's unpack that real quick. And because a lot of listeners, let's say some of you guys may already have businesses. Maybe you're trying to grow a coaching consulting business. Maybe you're an expert of some type. Let's first understand one thing um, to everybody out there. If you, if there is something in your life that you've overcome or a problem and or challenge that you're an expert at solving, there is somebody on the internet that is not only willing to pay, that, that's not only looking for what you already know, but they're willing to pay somebody to know what you already know. It doesn't matter what it is. Maybe you're like really fucking great at making these headboards uh, for beds that are like, that look like picket fences. Like, bro, you make all kinds of crazy fucking headboards that look like picket fences. Like in your community, you're known as the picket fence guy. Like that's what you know what I mean. So let's say that's you. You could literally design an entire personal brand online around why you're obsessed with picket fences, where it came from in the first place, how weird everybody thought it was, and then share all the designs and tricks and tips and things that you know about making picket fences, all the stories about people's requests and why they've requested them, and you just share this journey of the picket fence headboard. And people just become they just like your brand. They like you, they, they order from you. Because now what you've done with your picket fence social media accounts, because you learned and started to understand branding, is you realize that you created an online brand. And that brand's number one job is to get attention. Now, branding is a term that's thrown around all the time. Personal branding, personal branding. So let's just break down what branding is. It's so freaking simple. It's literally only two things. Branding is identity and perception. Guess what? You, as the, as the personal brand, as the brand, as the business owner, get to determine what that identity is based on the actions you take and the results that you get. That's the identity that's created of your brand. Before I talk about the next one, let's just talk about identity. Let's end identity on this. Some of you say, well, Marshall, I don't have a personal brand. I guarantee you that you have a personal brand because whether you realize it or not, we all hold space in people's mind. And it's always going up or down based on the actions and the results that you're taking and how true you are to your word. And so with that being said, the better you are at staying at top of mind and owning space as an authority in your market's mind based on your branding and your message, the more likely you, there you are that they'll put their walls down and allow you to help them, whether it's for free or for charging them for something. Now, let's back up for a second. We all understand this. Like Gary Vee taught me in 2015, the mobile phone is now the new TV. And what is on TV? TV channels. So that means that Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, X, uh, YouTube, all of them, they're all TV channels. So think about TV. Does C-SPAN and ESPN have the same thing? No. Does MTV and freaking ABC have the same thing? No, right? They all talk to a certain demographic. And as you all know, there is a channel for everything. Because there's all kinds of people in the world that are into all kinds of stuff. And even if you're thinking that you're the only weirdo that's into the weirdo stuff that you're into, <laughs> I promise you, there are other weirdos out there like you into that same weirdo stuff. And conversely, you think, oh, well, there's a million fitness people. Who cares? There's Tony Robbins. There's Grant Baldwin. There's Ted McGrath. There's Pete Vargas. There's Grant Curry. Like, there's famous people who teach what I teach. And I just said, I don't care. I'm going to teach it in my way. And there's people who want to do it and they relate to me, right? They, because they have access to me or whatever. So what I'm saying to each and every one of you is that you have to understand that building a brand is the most 
it's the most important thing you can do. I don't care if you're a blue collar person right now or not. There's going to come a time when the only option you have left is to continue to work for next to nothing or to be able to make your own income, create your own economy is what I like to say. And you create your own economy by first creating your own brand. So brand is identity. And then secondly, perception, identity and perception. So lastly, based on the identity that you've created, which is based on your habits and results, based on your identity, how does your audience perceive you? That's all that branding is. So understanding that you can now use the TV, which is your mobile phone. You can use video, written or audio, right? That's it. That's the only way to get your message out. If, you, if you're good at, good with talking but don't really want to be on camera, that's fine. You just do a podcast, okay? You can literally just build a podcast. You can do a, a faceless Instagram or faceless TikTok page and about your topic or industry and drive traffic to the fact that you were talking about on your podcast or that you had a guest on your podcast. Don't make this hard. You don't need a million things. You guys, I've sold multiple seven figures of my products with a cell phone and roll-up banners and whiteboards. Like, yeah. no shit, real talk. That's all it's ever been. And so I built this brand and I shared my story. So what is the thing that you're into? Whatever viewer, listener, what's the thing you're into? Are you a picket fence guy? I have um, some Ninja Turtle collectibles up here you can't see that I think are cool. Maybe you're into that. Whatever. Okay. So, Irvin, back to you and your business and, and coaches and, and consultants. Let's say that you want to grow a brand but it's hard because you understand branding, you're doing all the things, but you're not breaking through the noise. That was me in early 2016. I was really good at teaching branding when I got clients, but I couldn't figure out how to break through the noise because I didn't have the money for ad spend. So what I started to do is I started to go live every day. And that's how Marshall Live was born. I said, if I want to be a speaker, then I should speak every day. And I'm going to build an online platform to do it from. So Irving, this is my suggestion to you. This is my suggestion to everybody is to position yourself as a speaker and then use events to sell your products and or services. You go, what? what does that mean, Marshall? Okay, cool, let's talk about what that means real quick. I started telling people, when they started asking what I do, I tell them I'm a professional speaker. No shit, you are, what do you talk about? I talk about your message, your message. I talk about suicide prevention and addiction recovery. Okay, that's how it started out. And that's what I talked about. Over time, I kept getting booked more and I started to understand host my own events and I started to understand how this whole thing works, speaking and, and um, uh, speaking to sell. And then people started asking me how to do it. And then Top Page Speaker was born in 2017. And so what I want to say to you guys is that I found this system that literally can grow your business and scale your brand authority faster than anything else. Because for whatever reason, speaking has the highest authority building rate of anything you can possibly do. I don't care what else it is. If you stand up in front of people and are willing to speak and are good at it and understand how to influence people with words and persuasion, there is nothing more valuable than that. And nothing builds more authority more or faster than speaking. And so understanding how to master the art of speaking is important. Understanding how to speak to sell will put you in a league of your own. It will make you an elite speaker. And you don't need a stage to be an elite speaker. You don't need to be booked and paid to speak to be an elite speaker. A speaker speaks. If you understand how to create influence and get people to take action with words, then you can become an elite speaker because you become an elite influencer. Even one of the wealthiest men on earth, Warren Buffett, says that the most important skill that he thinks that anybody can learn is the art of public speaking. Because if you don't, it's going to catch up with you. And in the end, it will be your downfall as a leader and as a business. 
And so first and foremost is that I started to understand that speaking was my gift. And so I started getting online. I started building the brand. I started speaking every day. And what do speakers do? They host events. In 2016, I had never heard of a virtual event, but I started doing this thing called a digital event. And nobody was doing that. I didn't. So I just started hosting them once a month, a digital event. So Irving, I'm going to put this all together for you, and we're going to give you a very strategic plan right now and to all the listeners. I want to give context to this. I started hosting a virtual, a virtual event. Let's just call it a virtual event. That's what it is now. Thank you, 2020. You finally validated your top-day speaker. That's everybody who now wants to contest me. Yes, you can make money at virtual events, okay? I'm fucking telling you. Okay, anyway, back to this. I'm good. Okay, back to this. So I started hosting these monthly virtual events. And I started to tell people, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a speaker. They're like, oh, when's your next event? I'm like, well, I have, I'm not booked yet. But I'm hosting a virtual event online on this date. If you want to learn how to build a six-figure personal brand, I'll show you how. And so then people would register for my event. I would show them how to do this. And at the end, I would invite them to work with me. Okay, so it's all you coaches have to understand this. I stopped. I never sold. I stopped selling on phone calls. I hated that from the get-go. So instead of selling on phone calls, Irving, booking calls, driving, driving traffic to an appointment page and then a booking page and then get on sales calls, like, bro, I didn't get into entrepreneurship to, to have my time taken up like that. Dude, it was always going to be about freedom. I got into entrepreneurship because I wanted the freedom to do the things I wanted to do, which I want to help people. I want to make money and give it away and help people. But I want the freedom to do that. And if I have to be on freaking sales calls all day, and I have to fulfill my coaching, and I have to market and grow my business, and that's great content, and have a life, and be a dad, and be a husband, like, bro. And so it's I just realized, I'm like, instead of, it's too much shit. Yeah. So I'm like, bro, that's dumb. And this is honestly, this is true. You guys, this is not, I swear to God, this is where I learned this at. Before I learned it, before I learned that what this is called is selling one to many, what I, where I learned this at was at, at the bar at Gaslamp Tavern in San Diego. I had this pain in the ass manager named Perry. Fuck you, Perry, but whatever. And Perry wanted me, at last call, Perry wanted me to come up from behind the bar and go up to every individual person and say, hey, man, we're doing last call. Do you want anything? How? The dude had never bartended before. You know how inefficient? No, I thought. I'm like, I'm going to stand up here and go, hey, yo, last call for alcohol, everybody. Get your ass up here if you want one last drink. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and what I just thought, dude, it's easier to tell everybody at one time what it is that I need them to do. Yeah. So I'm just going to stand on this platform and to tell everybody. And that's exactly how I looked at doing sales with my coaching business. Now, remember, I said here in the beginning, this, I want to position myself as a speaker because ultimately, yes, I am a coach. and That's how I made money. But I also wanted to be on stage sharing my message. I wanted to tell the story about me and Dustin. It was so important to me that the world heard this because I want other leaders to vulnerably stand up and share their message. For those of you who have never been to my event or seen me speak on stage at an event or been in one of my coaching containers, you, you don't know, but my mission is to save a billion lives, to save a billion lives with the power of vulnerability and storytelling. That's always been the mission. That will always be the mission. Top paid speaker teaches about people how to make that their mission. But what I'm saying is that before I knew all this, this is all I was doing. Share the mission online, host the event, and teach what I know about doing it. So, so a lot of people can go out and do that. At the end of my event, I would make an offer to join uh, my program six weeks, or no, 12 weeks, $6,000. And I started selling this over and over again. Make $100,000 in a quarter or a quarter of a million dollars. And I'm sitting right in that wheelhouse um, for like a year, two years. 
then I started to be like, I was booking like stages here and there. And when I booked stages, bro, there were spikes in sales because I was able to leverage that content online. I would go to these events and I would be ready. I'd go up on stage and I'm just me. Yo, what's up, everybody? Hey, hold on one second. I got, you know, I'm setting up my tripod. I'm going live on social media. I'm like, yo, what's up, everybody? It's your boy Marshall live and I am live and I am out here at the Construction Royalty Conference. And uh, hey, look at all these people. Hey, people say hi. Hey, what's up? Okay, guys, uh, I'm just going to set you right here. I'm going to do my thing. And then later tonight, I'll come back if you guys have any questions. All right. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Hey, raise And then I get into my talk. And people laugh and they're scared to do it because they don't want to look dumb. They're afraid of being judged, but it piques curiosity in the audience. They're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Who is this guy? Now, what do you think they do as soon as they see me going live at an event that they're at with a mobile phone in their hand? What do you think they do? Go search you up. They go search me up and they check it out. And that's what happens when they go and they check me out and my brand is positioned in a way where I have created content around overcoming three objections that they're having. And I'm creating content daily, overcoming one or more of these objections, proving to them why what I do, what I'm doing works for them. And then I drive that traffic to one link, one page, take one action, which is going to get you on my email list where I then market to you the offer, the one offer I have to, to help you. And so I started to learn all this. I'd be at these events, and now here I am. I'm talking to the audience. They've never seen me before, but they get online. They see all the content. They see the brand, and they go, holy shit. This dude must be an expert. Now, the people at home are watching the live stream, and they've been watching me make content, and I'm a good talker, so they are skeptical, and they're like, oh, I don't know, dude. This guy seems too good to be whatever. And then they see me live stream. They see me actually at my own event speaking or they see me speaking on stage and they go, oh, damn, this dude's really out there doing it. He must be an expert or something. Now, all I learned how to do everyone was just play both ends against the middle. And so what I did is I created two, and I'll share in a second, I created two, um, two different sales mechanisms by speaking. One, I, what I was trying to say is I created two one to many sales models, businesses, okay? I started to realize that when I spoke on stage that I could drive traffic to my, my content online and, when, and vice versa. So I host these virtual events and tell people about the next time I was speaking or I'd be speaking and tell people about my next virtual event. And it was a cycle I started to create. But the problem was, the choke point was I was only getting booked to speak every so often and I couldn't make it happen any faster. And if you're trying to book these actual events, it's a pain in the ass and you don't get booked for like, six to 18 months out, right? So it's not like you're booking a gig and then turning it over. I needed to speak so I could make money, so I could grow my brand. So eventually, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to start hosting free meetups. And so I literally in San Diego started just hosting a free meetup. So think of a Facebook, to all the viewers and listeners, think of a, of a Facebook group was a real place, okay? Think of it as real life. What would your Facebook group be like? What if you were having a, live a uh, one hour weekly live stream in your facebook group what would you do would you bring in an expert would you what would you do think of a meetup essentially as a real life in-person facebook group and so what i started to do is i realized that like i was virtually hosting a month uh, uh, event once a month what if i did that offline and then played both ends against the middle because when i spoke on stage in person it worked and if i did it at my own event monthly would it speed up the process and so i ordered these banners a couple of these banners 
I got them on Vistaprint. They were like 80 bucks back then. I think they're like probably a buck 30 now. I made that design on Canva. Everything's made and done himself. I ordered them mm. Vistaprint or wherever you guys want to get it. And um, <coughs> I started hosting these meetups in San Diego with these, with these things. And I started streaming them back online. Now, I called this, and I, I made this the other day, and it was sitting there, so it's, it's cool that we're talking about this. It actually wasn't planned, I promise you guys. Um, <laughs> it's, called, it's called High Ticket High Ticket Speaking Blueprint. Because a lot of people talk about high-ticket coaching, but high-ticket coaching requires you to book sales calls. And you go, well, Marshall, didn't you know that you can hire a sales team and appointment setters? Absolutely, which means that um, you give away part of your profits. And you go, yeah, I know, Marshall, but it's peace of mind because I'd rather give away more and not have to do anything. Well, guess what? You still are going to be stressed out about all the moving pieces and all the actual real-life human beings who have human being lives going on and their performance is based on how their human being lives are, are, are going on. So that means that that's how your business is predicated to whoever's doing the work. And so to me, I didn't want any complications. I'm a simple man named simple processes. So instead of being a high ticket speaker or co coach and driving traffic to a sales page, I mean, a, um, a sale, uh, to book a sales call, I just said, I'm a high ticket speaker. And I started driving traffic to events. So my high ticket, high ticket speaking blueprint became Build an online platform and build an offline platform. Here's your show, which mine was the Marshall Dillon show, my daily content, making live video, having guests. That was my daily show. There was the, the show on my channel, my channel on the TV. I'm not, I'm not trying to be condescending to you, but listen, I'm just, I want you guys to understand how simple, how stupid fucking simple this is. That's why I share it like this. It's so fucking simple. You just do the thing. And it works. It hacks authority. It literally hacks authority to do it. I created a show. And by my show, I'm not, yes, a podcast. But I'm talking like this regular piece of content, your pillar content, I call it. And my pillar content was going live. And now that I have a studio set up, you guys are going to see that again. He started in February. So here's my live show. Here's my once a month meetup. All of my traffic is being driven to a virtual event. Like you, if you want to come here and you say, what do you do? And I say, I do this. And you want to pay me on the spot? Absolutely. If you're curious about how more about what I do, guess where I'm going to send you to the link on my social media page that gets you to register for my monthly event where I'm positioned as the expert, where I can share my story. I can give you a blueprint and I can make an offer to you at the end. This entire fucking thing cycles around creating what I call a social selling ecosystem, which drives traffic back to one link where you capture the email and drive them to your virtual event where you can sell your offer. Instead of selling one to many, I do what I do and I sell once a month. I know that makes sense to everybody. So this is the blueprint. You create the online platform, you create the offline platform, and then to add fuel to the fire, to add rocket fuel to it, to scale it faster, you would have, uh, you would host actual events, which I started hosting boot camps and, um, retreats and events like this will start hosting one and three day events. So that adds fuel to the fire. So not just meetups. Now that I live in the middle of nowhere in Montana, I can't do this as effectively, although I'm going to figure out how to bring this back. So now I focus on this one more, but still one in the same. And so literally Irving to you, that's always, that's still the play. Now, some of you, it doesn't even have to be a big fancy meetup today at the time of recording the show. Um, I finally pulled the trigger on getting guys together locally, guys I've been meeting at the gym. I got us all together for coffee. Over the last week, 
um, I finally, there's like six of us, and I finally just said, hey, bro, like, I, I need my buddy for coffee. Would you, would you want to meet up this next week, like, with two of us? And then they're like, yeah. And I'm like, hey, would you want to meet up with three of us? And then and I was like, hey, I'm going to start a group chat on Instagram. I was like, coffee with the boy. Put everybody in it. And so today we met, like, six of us. <laughs> and it was like, nice. bro, it, it was gangster. I mean, like, these grown-ass men who are successful entrepreneurs, and they all felt like me, and they all had the same worldviews as me. And they... Uh, and they were excited. And when we left after two hours, like they each individually texted me, like, thank you so much. Oh my God, I'm so excited for the next one. Right. I mean, like regular good ass hard men, right? <laughs> and it just reminded me, I'm like, bro, people are starving for connection and permission. People want, people want permission. And so if you can understand how to turn your story into, into a business like that, and that's all the high thinking people did. And so Irving, if I were you, what would I do is what we've already talked about. Show meetups, driving traffic to one lead magnet, which it doesn't have to be events. I use events. It could be a webinar or a VSL. It could be a multitude of different things. But the point is, is creating a selling point that sells one to many. That's always the thing. So right now, it's like if you go to launchmyspeakingcareer.com, you go to my lead magnet, and I'm gonna show, I'm gonna give you an entire course like literally a workshop on how to launch your speaking career, literally all the videos step-by-step. But in order to get it, you have to do a 30-day free trial of my coaching. So why I'm sharing this with my, with my people is because I, with the people that are listening to this, is because, okay, this worked great. Now let's talk about what I'm actually selling. Because I used to sell just high ticket, but with Russell Brunson being the gangster that he is, actually, well, no, I'm going to save that. It's cool. I just, I like, you know how I am. I just reveal everything, and it's like the people will like be like, is he trying to sell me on something that I'm not? Like, I just am trying to be so transparent. I'm like, I want to show you like, what my offer is, but I don't care about you guys like doing prices and stuff. But what I'm saying is, <clears throat> I want to create recurring revenue. <clears throat> this is what Wes talks about. All this shit's recurring. Knowing how much recurring revenue, that's the real gangster shit. Yeah, I sell high ticket, but you don't really have a high business when you're just, when you're just selling high ticket. Plus, people are adverse to that. So it's not normal to pay lump, those big lump sums. So you can literally still sell the same high-ticket package, but if you break it up into monthly payments over a extended period of time, and they go in it with, hey, yo, this is a 12-month commitment at $2.99 a month <clears throat> or whatever. Well, that people are used to paying for things monthly now. They pay for everything, their cell phone, their house, their car. Everything is monthly payments. So it falls right in line if you can switch your programs to monthly payment. So that being said, you guys can steal this too, right? All I've decided to do is get people to opt into my first. I'll give you this for free, but instead of giving you a guide or Irving, like we talked about, even instead of driving to a one-time like upsell, which is like 37 bucks or whatever. I'm like, no, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a 30-day test drive of my coaching program, which is like weekly live trades, the whole thing, you know, right? Same thing for all of us in our industry. So I'm getting them then to opt in. If, hey, uh, 30 days of free training, after 30 days, it's $2.99 a month, every month. Cancel anytime, no contract. And so now they're getting an actual chance for me to make them money before they actually invest long-term. And I, if I'm as good as I think that I am, and the way that's set up, you, Irving, you know how this works. Uh, for the viewers and listeners, there's, there's tiers. Your, your coaching and consulting packages really should have tiers. You should have a do-it-yourself package. You should have a done-with-you package. And you should have a done for you package, which a lot of times now is a hybrid. Most coaches are doing a done with you, done for you. So it's a combination of both. So really like a hybrid. So really, 
my business is structured with a low ticket offer, which is do it yourself, which is the two ninety nine offer. My business is structured with a mid ticket offer, which is group coaching for a thousand dollars, and then there's going to be a high ticket coaching one um, for five grand a month, which is going to be one on one coaching, uh, and it's only available to like there's a whole thing, right? But what I'm why I'm saying this is I'm being transparent. I want everybody to understand. No contact with me. Only group call contact with me. Yo, like we're gangsters. What the fuck do you need anytime? And so that's how my business is structured. And so Irvin, the same thing to you. I know that you're, we're, we're both modeling kind of what Wes does pretty, pretty closely. I mean, I, I, how do you argue with Wes's success? Like he's like, stop making it fucking hard, you dummies. Actually, he'd probably say you lames or you weirdo. Why are you making it so fucking hard, you weirdo? Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Um, and so I literally do what high ticket coaches do. I just don't use sales calls to sell that. I use my story because I want to be a speaker. So I use my story. I drive everything off state traffic. I mean, offline traffic, online traffic. I drive it all to it with my social selling ecosystem. I drive it all to one link, which is my free gift. It's always been like that. I just used to make a $37 one-time offer to get a digital product when they opted in. Now, when they opt in, they get the, the course, but they get they also the opportunity to take my coaching program for a test drive for 30 days, make maximum money in minimum time or whatever, right? And so, Urban, dude, I would say the same thing for you, bro. Like, we have to find that one selling mechanism, which is okay, cool. Let's create that sales presentation. Brandon um, is literally that's what we're working on with Brandon, too. So, the three of us should just all get together and, oh, duh, at the men's retreat. That's what we're doing. So, we'll put this together at the at the at the meetup here next in a couple of weeks, um, but we need to make you a presentation, sales presentation, and then create the link and then drive traffic to it. So, Irving, I think you should do as a lead magnet the thing that we text about. I don't know if you bought it, the domain or not, so I'm not going to mention it right now. I'm not going to mention the concept to the viewers. Irving and I have been working offline together, so I sent him some gangster information I thought the other day. But Irving, if you were to do that. And then you're to get them to register for a free 30-day challenge. They literally just opt into your $2.99 a month coaching. Hey, opt in for free and get this 30-day challenge for free. At the end of the trade challenge, if you hate your results, you cancel. If it's the best results you've ever gotten, you stick with the plan at $2.99 a month. So you take the thing that we talked about, which is whatever, do this free thing. Just do this. Opt in here, which is Okay, this is coming to me, right? We, you drive traffic to the page where they opt in, and they, they, what they're doing is they're signing a contract with themselves. They're opting in to a verbal agreement to stay true to their word for 30 days to do what you said to do for 30 days a day, right? That's what they're doing. That's how I would frame this, because they put accountability on them, and they mm -hmm. want accountability. So they opt in for this free contract. They opt in on the next page and say, hey, check this out. I want to give you a little bit more advice. I want to tell you what to eat, when to eat it, what supplements to take, how much water to drink, exactly how many calories you should be eating, and actually what those calories should be made up in. If you opt in here, get third, take my coaching test drive, free for 30 days, ask that $2.99 a month. If you don't like the results, if we're getting close to 30 days, we haven't seen any change, and you followed the plan, you should cancel and walk away. But if you're getting the best results that you've ever gotten, then what I would invite you to do is Click the link below, register for the free 30-day trial, and at the end of 30 days, see where this program takes you or whatever, right? That's what my lead magnet would be because it's the, you're still positioning yourself as an expert, and it's not necessarily a virtual event, but it's still a one-to-many sales model. 
because it's not dependent of you having to be on sales calls. Let's say you're like you're, you have a coaching program. Okay, well, when I reopen the door at the top eight speaker next month in February, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna be doing a call every week for every tier of my pro every tier of my program will get different access to me on that call. People at 299 level, which are my 30-day free trial, they'll get to watch the live training. People at the thousand dollar a month level will get to ask me questions on the training. People here will get to watch that. They'll get this, uh, you know, typing and stuff, but no interaction. And then these people, these some of these people will get hot coaching throughout the uh, month too, which would entice them to want to take my next offer up. Which is like, damn, I should just work with him one on one because this kind of half measure shit's not really working as well as I wanted to. Does that make sense? And so I've created different tier levels, and so. You opt in for 30 days and you watch me do my thing. I don't have to do, if I'm you, I don't have to do a virtual event. I don't have to do any of that. Okay, cool. So now you're making daily content online, talking about how doing 100 whatever, right? How doing that every day is changing you as a man. And that's the one thing. If I can tell you to do one thing, just start doing that. Everybody makes this so hard. Just do this one thing. If you do this one thing for 30 yeah. days, I fucking promise you... <clears throat> So that's, that's what I would do with you. And then the profit maximizer of, you know, the brand accelerator really is the offline shit. So again, it doesn't have to be this meetup like we were doing before. Well, that's not bad. I know you want blue collar workers, but what do blue collar workers want to do? They don't want to, they, that's unnatural for them as I'm thinking of it now to be in a setting an environment like that. So if I were you once a month, I would host, I would just host a fucking cookout at my, um, my place. You know, I don't, I think you got rid of the place in Austin temporarily for now. But like at, at my shop, I would just host a big cookout at my shop. I would get some bags. I mean, you don't necessarily have to have any beer because you don't drink. And that's that message is we're not, it's not a party. But like get people together. Get blue collar men together. And then at the event, share the message. Hey, you guys did this for 30 days. Bro, you fucking changed your life, homie. Go sign up here. And now you've created, you've created with your content and what you're doing already. You've created your online pillar content. And you're driving traffic towards your one lead magnet, which is going to get them to opt in and get on your list. Plus, give them an offer to test drive your coaching program for free for 30 days and they opt in. And then you'll also leverage your free, your, your this, but you live streams the part where you talk to them. Because for 10 or 15 minutes, you're going to stop and you're going to tell everybody about what's, what, what it's going to take to change your life. Because after all, you're on a mission, you are a business owner, and you're a high ticket speaker. So you're going to take 10 to 15 minutes to share a quick story with them and give them a call to action. And that you would live stream <clears throat> or any events that you get booked to speak at. And if you want, and if you guys wanted to host like a virtual event, you could also do that. Like no problem. Irving could, but in the, in the beginning, just start simple. And so literally Irving, that's what I would do if I was you. I would, I would do that thing that we talked about, drive traffic to it, opt in three months of coaching um, and then coach them. Yeah. Using West as well. <laughs> Does a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, have, I mean, have I you, I, I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, <clears throat> have you heard what, what, uh, what Wes says that the, that the two R's on Rolls Royce stand for? The RR? Have you heard what he, what he, no, no. <clears throat> he says that Bradley, yeah. He says that Bradley called him one time and he's like, hey, do you know what the double R on the, on the headrest of the Rolls Royce? what it means and he's like no what he's like recurring revenue <laughs> bro that's gangster AF, yeah 
Dude, we got to get a roll. And I don't feel bad saying that anymore. Like, dude, we got to yeah. We need whipping rolls around, dude. You yeah. know I'm trying to be driving the Lamborghini Yaris out here in Montana, like in the backcountry where people are driving their busted ass fucking forerunners. I'm going to be back there in the Yaris. People are like, bro, can't be taking Yaris back here. I'm like, why the fuck can I? That's what it's built for, isn't it? Like, that's my goal. Dude, so there's this there's this guy in, he's in Orte and he has mm-hmm. a pur- he has a purple Lamborghini Urus and he lives in uh I think it's Calgary. Um I think it's Calgary. It's like the the it's the first city in Canada once you go up from like Kalispell, right? Calgary? Yeah, 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 Calgary. So he lives there and then that time that that I was there when like in June or whatever for your yeah. event. Yeah. That that same Lamborghini was at the hotel that I stayed at. No and, way. And yeah, and I was like, I was looking at it and I was like, shit, what the fuck? I was like, this looks it was kind of familiar. I was like, what what is it doing here? And I remembered that. <clears throat> no, and I, I remember that guy from Arte that had a purple Lamborghini. And and I thought like, oh, I th- yeah. I think it was and I was like, it, was, it seems kind of familiar. But I wasn't yeah. like I didn't connect the two things together, right? And the guy's a real estate agent, like he's he's pretty big up there and he does a lot of content, like a lot of content. And then and then one day that I forgot we were going out to eat or whatever, I walked out of my hotel room and as soon as like, you know, you walk out into the hallway, I turned mm-hmm. left. I turned left and there was a guy coming and I just looked at him in the face and then I turned right and then I kept, I walked to the the elevator. And when I got into the elevator I got out of the elevator and I walked down the stairs and I looked out the window and the purple euros was there, and then mm-hmm. like it just clicked and it just clicked. The guy that I had seen in the hallway was was that guy from Arte, that was the owner of the euros. And then I want to go Google him and he was, or I searched him up on Instagram and he was at that same gym that I was at the day before. Damn the belt. And then that guy is now so my realtor from Austin is like just joined that guy's team in like the real estate agent team or whatever that they have going on. Which is yeah. crazy. Like it, I just like <laughs> connects. Bro, but look, at the, but look at, look at the fucking power of creating a brand around what you're yeah. at. Like we're talking about some dude. I don't know. I've never met like <clears throat> talk about this dude in his car. Right. Cause that's the brand. That's it. And yeah. what he's done is impressive. And so you're mentioning it on your, on what you're doing. Right. And so I, again, you know, when we're getting ready to launch and do these things, we have all these, these doubts and worries and fears. How how is anybody going to ever find out? Like, dude, don't, dude, do not worry. The longer you fucking continue to ignore that, the longer you continue to ignore the direct message that the universe that God has given you. You Keep waiting for your fucking sign and God is telling you. It feels like that gnawing thing inside of you that you want to do, but every excuse you make for not doing it. I don't know how, don't have time, don't have the money, I live in the right place, blah, 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 blah. Like sooner or later, you just have to take action and figure the fuck out. There's not, there's nothing else. So for example, let's say you're a blue collar guy who's listening to this and you're like, damn, I do want to change my life. Marshall, I'm tired of just living day to day to day. What would you got? What do we got to do? What you got to do is you got to hit up the boy urban, right? Cause you got to get your nutrition dialed in, bro. You got to get your fitness dialed in. Like that is the core foundation of why I get to do any of this is because all of that shit is dialed in, but I don't teach people how to do that shit. Urban teaches people exactly how to do that. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, where do I start? You start by calling Irvin, right? You start by getting your body in shape. You start by getting your mind in shape. Then you start to learn how to make money and help people. I just want to mention this, Irvin, because I think a lot of times people, 
who are in the very beginning will listen to this and it sounds good and it's awesome. They want to get started, but do it's like one thing at a time. First, prove to yourself that you can show up every day as the man that you're claimed to be by getting your, your house in order, your physical house, your actual house, then become the type of man, the person that worries about scaling the business because it's all bullshit. None of it's real. If you're not actually the person that's helping yourself first because you can't help anybody else if you're not. Yeah, dude, hundred percent. And like I did as, as like, as like you're, you're teaching all this shit about building a brand and building, you know, events, social media, like doing live videos and in-person meetups. Like I just like so many people that I know just resonate or like come through my, my mind of like, mm -hmm. damn, like these guys, these guys have like a, you know, tens of thousands of, of followers on Instagram and they're building a brand. And if they just like implement what you just taught here today, so like simple. it would be massive, bro. It's simple. That's why, bro. What is it? Tony Robbins taught me a quote. Uh, uh, necessity is the mother of all invention. I wanted to get booked and paid to speak. I didn't know how to do it. Then I found out how to do it. And I was like, this is fucking dumb. This is what we're all doing. I'm not doing that. No freedom. Not, uh, no freedom. So I just stumbled across this. Nobody knew who I was. Nobody wanted to pay me. Nobody wanted to book me. I was really good at what I knew, but I couldn't break through the noise. And I wanted to share my message, message about Dustin and what we went through. Your message, your message. I wanted people to do this thing. And I'm only saying it like this because I'm passionate. Not just to you, Irving, but to everybody listening. I'm like, bro, go fucking do If you have a business, go do this. If you want to be a speaker. If you don't want to speak, then don't do this. It's not the best, that's not the best model for you. If you have no desire to speak and you have no story to tell and you have no message to share like that, then don't worry about what I'm saying. Just from today, understand that you can go from the kid lying dead on the floor to the guy standing on stage. Like that's possible. And just know that that's possible for you. Maybe different details of the story, but I want you all to understand that you can literally do a complete 180 degree turn in your life. There was absolutely zero hope or zero thought that I would ever change my life. And then I did. And so you should take that away. But if you're somebody who's listening to this and you have a business and you want to fucking get, get paid to speak, you guys, this is just a business growth. This is just a client acquisition tool. Speaking in events is just a client acquisition tool. That's all it is. It's a client acquisition system, and it hacks brand authority fast. That's all it does. It's no different than any other tool that you use to grow your business. It's just that you get to have fulfillment and meaning and do the speaking thing that you like, that you love, that you're passionate about, and you also get to do the thing that brings in the money and helps people, which is teach other people how to do what it is that you're doing. If you do that, you will start to get booked on other people's stages because people want to be part of that energy. And you prove that you know what you're doing. So instead of having to go out and book stages, people come looking for you. That's when you start making the money. That's when you start making the impact. So if you spent 90 days just getting this in order right here, 90 days getting that in order, bro, anybody could fucking leverage that. Like, I got, like again, I just moved to Montana. I'm not going to give everybody a sob story. I'm just playing way too small. For, for the last year and a half of my life, like way too fucking small. And that's all changing. And I'm just going to run the play. And so this is me telling all of you, hey, as you guys watch me build, I'm building, you guys want to, you guys are all coming back to <coughs> these interviews because most of you are probably going to come back like six, seven, eight, nine, 12 months later. Hey, what's up? I fucking told you, right? <laughs> this is all I did. This is literally all I did. I told you so. So, anyways. Yeah. Kind of feels like we're season for some reason. I don't know why, but I like the energy, so I'm gonna stick with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, do it here. <laughs> well, well, we've we've just crossed an hour, but yeah, there's, a yeah, lot of, there's a lot of of information for people to unpack before we go any deeper. But we oh, definitely exactly. have to we definitely have to hit a run too later on. Probably probably after exactly. the event. I, I don't know what we were trying to talk about today, so I sorry if I hijacked this and took it in some other direction. But I just hope I created some value for listeners. Yeah, I think you did. I think it's just that they need to pause it and they need to, you know, listen to it twice or three times to You're actually on the flow state, man. I don't know. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but I uh, an hour of my life being real. For real, dude. But uh, real quick before we we wrap this up, just to let people know where they can find you. Just just follow me on Instagram, Twitter, whatever, TikTok, Facebook, whatever channel you're on. I'm on there at Marshall Gillen. If you want to interact with me throughout the day, um, go to Marshall. Follow me on Instagram at Marshall Gillen. We'll be pals. It'll be awesome. We'll kick it, and you'll see my content, and I'll see yours. It'll be cool. Oh yeah. All right, man. Hey, we well, appreciate you taking the time. Out I of appreciate it. Busy night. Thanks for them. Yes, sir. It's the option busy. Yeah, protecting your peace though, right? But anyways, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um, see you guys. Yes, sir. Peace.